0: Hey, hello, and welcome to Show and Tell.
1: Uh, We are here in uh, Adafruit West in my workshop, uh, but pretty soon we're going to be going to some people out there in the world to show us some of the projects they're working on, Uh, some they finished, some that they uh, are thinking of starting. So uh, what we'll do is I'm going to head first to uh, Jane. So let's bring on... Jane, hello, Jane, can you hear us? Hello, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Thanks for coming. I see that you've got- Yeah, uh, thank
2: you for having me.
1: You've got the Pee Wee Herman background, which is excellent.
2: Yes, my house, you
1: know. I'm jealous. Uh, What I'm gonna do is I think you have something, do you wanna describe what you wanna show us? And I'll I'll bring up a uh, second screen so everyone can see.
2: Yeah. So I got interested in learning Morse code um, a couple weeks ago. And one day I got the idea to make a Morse code transcriber. And the idea is that this, this is a device called an M5 stack. It's Arduino based and it just has this one button in the center. So I programmed it using the Arduino language so that you can just press the button in accordance with Morse code to type out letters and spell things.
1: That's really cool. So you're uh, able to do dots and dashes in Morse code pattern and then it'll decode it and then put it on the screen.
2: yeah, that's that's right. And the idea is possibly in the future, I could um, upgrade it, I guess, so that maybe if there were two devices, they could communicate with each other and send messages. And then you know you could secretly send messages in your pocket without having to see what you're writing or typing.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So uh, how do you like this M5 Stack? You've you've come from Arduino uh, with other boards before?
2: Yeah, um M5 Stack or this okay, so M5 Stack is a different board, I guess, that's the same idea. It's a bit larger and has three buttons, and then the same company made this board, which they called the M5 Stick because of its small design. And both boards, I've, I've been really happy with them. I'm having a few issues with this one where it does just turn off sometimes when I do a dash, but I'm not sure if that's my code's fault or the hardware's fault. So I'll have Got to look into that more. Uh-huh. Overall, I think they're really good devices because of their size and they have a lot of sensors built in on them and ports where you can add more stuff. So I think it's a really good device and they're not that expensive. I believe you can get one for maybe like $10. So they're really good.
1: Oh, that's great. And the screen is built in, or is it a, a plug-in? It's,
2: bu- it? it's built in, but I know you can remove the back. And I believe it's possible to do some modifications.
1: Really fun. Well, that's cool. And uh, ha- have you uh, got any plans for your newfound Morse code skills?
2: Um. I'm going to need to find a friend to also learn Morse code so we can start a, you know, a secret club. But (laughs) until then, I'm just going to keep learning.
1: Very cool. Well, thanks for uh, showing that off. Great job with that. And uh, when we are shipping things again, we will send you a as seen on show and tell sticker that you can add to your uh, collection or put it on the side of there if you want.
2: Thanks so much, John.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, that was super cool. Uh, let's see. Next, we're going to bring up
3: O'Keiron or O'Keiron. Hello. <laughs> okay, you're of... okay. You're on.
1: Okay, you're on. Oh, <laughs>
3: Okay. It's and it's about. my last name backwards, so that makes things fun. That's very convenient. Uh, is my sound okay? I'm, I don't you have a sound good. Sound great. Here. Yeah. yeah. Looks like uh, you're at
1: a workstation here. What do you? What are you? Well,
3: that's out? the the big soldering station. It's on a cart, so I can roll it around the studio here. Uh, so I've got, uh, some Neotrellis grid fun, uh, that I've been working on for a while. So this is, uh, uh, what is it? Eight Neo Trellis, uh, uh, boards altogether. And I made a fancy enclosure with that to get it super flat and skinny. Uh, the bigger version back here, this is, a uh, 256 buttons. So big version I have this one opened up and it can kind of zoom in here. I've got a TNC go into a USB breakout to uh, drive all that. And then the fancier bit still is uh, to make that wiring a little easier. I made this flexible PCB carrier for the uh, breakout and the uh, TNC. So that gets it super, super flat for the uh, enclosure and then I can kind of show you that lines up on the uh, Neotrellis board, got a spare one here. So that kind of flops on there and then solders in place. Uh, Let's get it over here. So that will kind of sit on top of all that and then just solder it into the uh, connectors over here on the edge.
1: That is incredibly cool. So can you describe a little bit what you're using uh, this for? What's it triggering?
3: uh, so this is designed to be a Monome grid clone. So uh, Monom has been making grids for 20 years, I guess, or t- maybe 10 or 15 years. Uh, and it's used for musical devices. And uh, they're sort of just whatever the application wants to be uh, will define what the grid does. So um, the Monome grids are just uh, single color. Uh, So this one, you could set it to whatever color you want, but it's just gonna be a single color while it's uh, in that mode.
1: Very cool. Uh, Whoops, I don't know the controls here, so I'm doing funny things. (laughs) Let's let's go to side-by-side people
3: Uh, like that. Let me come Uh, back over here.
1: (laughs) So are you um, able to put different code on these depending on if you want to send out like MIDI or OSC or, or is it a serial communication that's to the Monome?
3: Yeah, absolutely. The Monome uses a serial uh, communication that they designed. Um, so what I've done is not reverse engineered it necessarily, but taken their open source uh, protocol and adapted that for the Teensy. Uh, can also get it working on an M4 uh, or M0. I've got it tried it on a Feather and an Itsy Bitsy, but uh, that requires some extra hacking on the USB stack. Um, but yeah, you could totally reprogram this to be the same as the, uh, what Adafruit has the, the 64, uh, feather, um, and, uh, use it as a MIDI controller with RGB or, you know, pretty much anything you want it to be. It's just, you know, re- redo the, the code, however you like.
1: The case is pretty elegant. Is that a, uh, 3D printed or laser cut?
3: So laser cut, uh, let me see if I can get the kind of up here. So there's stacks of acrylic and some EVA foam and, um, I could probably run over and grab one of the other big pieces here. Give me 10 seconds. Quick uh, So here's the
4: 256
3: uh, layer that goes beneath the uh, PCBs. So it's just all fancy laser cut. Get my heads up back here. Sorry.
1: And someone was asking in the chat, how is the uh, EVA foam helping the...
3: Uh, that's a kind of a weird little hack that I did. I've got a, a, a a stack problem that I want the height to be a very specific, specific height and EVA comes in a five millimeter. Otherwise acrylic is only either three millimeter or one and a half. So it gets a little weird to stack things. And I was trying to find something that was like in that good height and the EVA works pretty well for that.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Nice solution. Great. Well, uh, Awesome build, I hope uh, you can come on sometime with them lit up and, and uh, making music or, or showing grids. I don't know if you have anything set up today that we can look at, or? I was,
3: I was kinda like, hey, I could probably do this and getting everything ready at the last minute. So uh, okay. I'd have to we'll flip have it on. all around.
1: Yeah, we'll have you on again to, to show it in action uh, if, you, if you're interested. That right we'll on, right it. on. Thank you, very cool build. Thanks, John. All right. Now, uh, let's move on to Scott. Hello, Scott, and hello, Scott screen. Hello.
5: Uh, I think I found the key, the the window I wanted. Nice. Yes. <laughs> um, so last week when I was on, I showed the two keyboards, uh, the really small one and the really big one, and I was kind of debating how I wanted to hack into them. And I came up with this idea last week, and I think I mentioned it to you over our internal Slack, but I thought I would show it off. Um, and it's I'm calling it the... I think flip dip or dip flip. <laughs> I can't remember which way I which way I put it. Uh, looks like it's flip dip. Uh, so this is what I, I'm calling the flip dip 24. And the idea is that I can take the 24 pin dip chip on that small keyboard, desolder it, put a socket down, and then I can put this PCB into the socket. And then I put the dip that I took out and put it onto that PCB underneath. And then I can have access along the sides to all the pins there. Um, so I I'm I have a DigiKey cart open where I have like a bunch of jumpers. So I'll just jumper all the way down until I wanna like play around with some of the signals and being an intermediary. Oh, um, cool. So I designed it in KeyCad and I ordered it from Oshpark last night. Um, trying to put like nice descriptions with like the chip doesn't go here, it goes on the other side. So mm-hmm. if I rotate that's it helpful. around. <laughs> yeah, so what you see here is, um, these pins here will go into the the socket on the existing PCB. Mm -hmm. And then the existing dip will then go into this socket here. And so I basically, I call it flip dip because I take the chip and I basically flip it Mm -hmm. upside down. Um, So the PCB is just uh, the lines crossing over to flip the other sides. Mm -hmm. And
1: Um, so besides jumpering it, are you able to then redirect Pins to other chips to process. Right. So like Python.
5: Right. So these two, uh, there's dual headers on the outside here because that's an intermediary. So the from the PCB, the existing PCB, it goes to one side, one mm-hmm. row of this connector, and then to connect to the actual chip, it has to connect to the other pin. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to just use regular jumpers if I just want them to be directly connected or I can actually like break it out onto a breadboard and like do something else or prototype other stuff there as well.
1: And that's going to be like the voice chip uh, on your little synths, your Yamaha synths.
5: Yeah, particularly interested in the dip chips that do the keyboard scanning. Oh, ok, so, so we were talking a little bit about it on your your matrix, but you have it nice where you just have a, ki- a connector that is like all of the rows and keys for the for the connector, whereas um the that small one is uh, such a it's a single PCB. And so what I've got to do is like I was thinking I could cut traces and stuff. And I was like, uh, that's not a great solution. <laughs> like soldering to traces is but it's not super fun. Um, and so the nice thing about this is that once I take that dip chip off and put a socket on, I could actually put the chip right back into the socket and it'll work just fine mm-hmm. as yeah. well. So, um, cool. this seems like one step in, into what I was doing rather than trying to do it all at once.
1: Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Uh, so it could also be a way to deal with uh, circuit bending stuff without cutting. Yeah. Just,
5: just, just with desoldering. Things. Yeah. So this is kind of an idea I have in my cart. I actually have three different dip sizes of sockets that i found because i was looking at some of the other keyboards i have where um the larger the 470 that i showed has two different dip chips it has one for the the sound chip and then it also has one for like the main cpu that does the keyboard scan and, and controls and stuff so i have sockets for that and i'll probably make the the equivalents uh of this for that as well but this mm-hmm. is the first one i did and i ordered it just to to get it get it going but
1: good yeah that'll be fun it's like the present that keeps on giving because you get things in the mail like a couple of weeks later and you're you've forgotten about them so
5: yeah i do like to i like to pipeline things so Uh, good it's all good
1: well thanks for showing that we're looking forward to seeing the progress with that yeah cool all right thanks thank you bye -bye. okay well next we're gonna go to geek mom projects hello hi how are you doing great thanks how are you doing this day
6: i'm doing pretty well i'm starting to get the hang of this show and tell thing i'm going to see if i can switch to my other microphone to actually show um what my other sorry camera to show what i have been working on terrific Um, as usual let me see if this works um i'm all wearables all the time um usually led based so oh it works can you see that very nice Uh, yeah and you know as many other people have been doing i've been sewing masks um so i started you know, doing a lot of masks and a lot of LEDs. And I started the week by actually creating a pendant using um, an Adafruit uh, dot star, those little teeny eight by eight, 2020 matrix. And I made it sound reactive. I don't have a battery, a good battery hooked up. Oh, there you go. don't have a good battery hooked up, but I'm gonna move my voice close to it. So you can see the sound scrolling by. And it's basically a, one um, a uh, MEMS microphone hooked up to a trinket, hooked up to an eight by eight dot star array and it shows uh, you have to speak kind of close to it to to for the sensitivity work but it shows the sound scrolling by so i started with that and then um i'm like well i'm showing a lot of masks how can we put uh leds in masks so i actually had another microphone and i put it in a um i'm gonna st- i'm gonna be quiet for a second while i turn it on because it needs to initialize quietly law yeah. sometimes it needs a, a second restart there we go. Okay, so then I took um, the uh, basically I took the trinket and the microphone, and I hooked it up to um, a circle of LEDs, which are now not behaving, of course, but and then I realized and then you could put it inside mask for a sound reactive mask. And then someone pointed out, well, what you've done would actually be a lot easier with the circuit playground express. And I said, Yeah, you know what, I've kind of reinvented the circuit playground express. So let's switch to that. Uh, So, so As it turns out, it's much easier and the code is written for you if you take the sound reactive code for a Circuit Playground Express, uh, turn it on, and then all you actually have to do is, if you have a mask with a pocket, as so many people do, you can actually just slip it right in, uh, which I'm going to do. And then I'm going to switch the camera back and actually demo. So you just slide it right in the center there, a little battery. And let me turn uh the camera back to me
1: i love the journey of your iterations that you've gone through here on this all in what like a day
6: <laughs> yeah i know it's true um well i was it was quite a moment when i realized i just basically recreated the C P X. this <laughs> thing is some great sort of, what, somebody should invent this i'm like oh, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um, but then you take your mask and, i'm gonna move the headphones off for a second Oh, it's a little hard to pass oh, the lighting makes it hard to see um here, let me get you just right angle and um, so voila sound reactive now um it's, you know, it's better if you take the time to put it in just right place but it's kind of a fun little easy hack to do and there we go.
1: that's okay. really cool looking
6: that's fun and actually my next goal yeah it's better when you have it in the right place and don't do this like trying to figure out how to reverse reverse it in a, while you're looking at a camera but yeah, it works. And then I thought my next step would be to take this and switch to the Blue Fruit Express and actually try to like have the have the sound coordinated from here and use another Bluetooth item and like have like my bag coordinated with my finger. Oh neat. So that's where I'm headed with that.
1: That's uh, very cool. And it's a
6: small and
1: hack, it's fun. That uh, so did you do that one in circuit Python or make code?
6: Circuit, all Circuit Python. Um, actually, this code is lifted is literally nothing more right. than the example. But right uh, yeah, I'm working with a uh, I'm working with a Blue Fruit um, Circuit Python app to try to actually coordinate. It wasn't working quite in time for this demo, but mm-hmm. I wanted to use the um, clue board in one of my uh, Bright Wearables bags and actually have my bag coordinate with. Oh, my
3: cool! App.
1: Yeah, good. With- we'll bring that on to one of the show and tells uh, next week if you have something okay. ready. We'd love to see it. Thank you for sharing, that was way cool. We'll see you later. All right, so many good projects. Uh, Let's see, next up we have Dr. Footleg. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well, thank you for coming by today.
4: So I thought I would bring my um, Mars Rover robot to show today. So this is um, something I designed for the Pi Wars Robotics Competition in 2019, um, based on the NASA Curiosity Rover rocker suspension. So the two sides of the um, six-wheel design kind of hinged with this rocker arm across the top, um, and that means the design of this type of suspension is such that um, all six dry wheels should be able to stay in contact with uneven terrain at all times. So this was cut down to the size of a um, footprint of a sheet of um, A4 paper in the UK terms. That's similar to your um, eight and a half standard um, paper size in the US um, with servos to make all of the, the four corner legs steer. And uh, then some LED display matrices on the top, these little um, Pimeroni ones. There's a Pixie camera built in the color sensing and and for general camera work. And then on the top, a touchscreen where um, I can control the menus or, or display any kind of output on the top.
1: That's a really cool uh, build. What is the, um, what are you using to drive it as far as uh,
4: microcontroller and, and also like motor drivers or servo drivers? I'm glad you asked because that neatly segues into the next part of what I wanted ah, to show. So and, and one, one of the challenges here was that um, the, the touch screen on the top, when I looked up what GPIO pins it uses to see what was left over for kind of running my motor driver hardware and servos, turns out it uses every single one of them and the only thing that it um, makes available is the software um, i squared c bus so that's broken out so i had to use all hardware that was um i squared c supporting um so i started actually with one of the adafruit um 16 channel servo breakout boards mm-hmm. and i used the um PWM channels on that to drive the motor driver breakouts which are also a couple of the, the little Adafruit ones that will drive up to uh, um, three, three and about 3.6 amps because I've got six motors in total to drive um, so I needed a sort of higher current than your, your typical motor drivers that you'd use with these little micro metal gear motors that you see on the bottom. Now the problem with that is that Um, I don't know how clearly you can see on the camera there, but the interior ended up absolutely stuffed with wires to the point that the original design was that you would be able to slide out the Raspberry Pi hardware on this got a cartridge and access the the, the cables to do any kind of maintenance or, or, or to show what the interior was like. But it's so rammed with wires that it became impossible to open up the, the, the case in a hurry. It takes about 20 minutes of fiddling around with a screwdriver to try and kind of stop them getting snagged, and so after the competition, I decided that it would be a great PCB design project, which oh, good. I wanted to learn, to make my first Raspberry Pi hat, and cool. this is where the open source hardware um, that Adafruit publish and, and um, make kind of available to the community in absolute godsend because it's really accelerated the speed i could learn about the pcb layout and surface mount kind of um, components and so sort of how to put the hardware because it was all based on Adafruit breakout boards huh. i started working on a hat and um, trying to combine all of that into one board so you can see here the board which is planned to go inside the robot um, and it solves a couple of problems that the robot had apart from combining all that hardware into a more compact form factor one was that i had no available um, I/O pins for adding additional sensors that weren't on the i2c bus so i managed to fit onto this board one of the 16 digital IO ICs, um, which is this one here, um, alongside the the 16 channel um, PWM IC. So that's given me 16 additional digital IOs to play with. And the other problem I had in the robot was that to get the ribbon cable from the Raspberry Pi header, which is kind of um, on this plane to this angle, to go into the the display, I actually had to fold it over on itself about three times. So it kind of folded, um, if you imagine it starts like that, then folds like that, and then 45 degrees. So that sandwich of ribbon cable really was one of the things which is kind of cramming the interior. You can see it kind of folded back on itself and over on itself in, in the back there. So the hat also, I've got another Another build of it here um, with the actual headers soldered on, on on another little robot where I'm testing it. Um, there's a second Raspberry Pi GPIO header that's rotated the appropriate way orientation for the ribbon cable to just be a straightforward kind of up to the display. So the that's entire that nice, yeah, that's really nice thing yeah, that's a
1: nice thing we Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's a. Uh a pretty familiar thing right once you get the thing built the amount of cabling and interconnects is the is the biggest pain so it's nice to see that you've uh, you've taken matters into your own hands to create the pcb uh for the hat to solve a whole bunch of that that uh, wiring nonsense you end up with
4: yeah so it's yeah and, and it's been a fantastic learning project which the the resources off the adafruit website have, have really accelerated the, the speed i could learn um it all started with a Tutorial on KiCad that was in Hackspace magazine, and, right. uh, and quickly got out of control as I <laughs> got <Good, laughs> more and that. more into this PCB. And that's uh,
1: fantastic. Yeah, no, yeah. we're looking forward to seeing it in action as you get it uh, put together, and uh, maybe you'll share if you have a, a a link if you're sharing the the file, the board design, or any of that stuff for other people at some point.
4: Yeah, I'll eventually um, when when I've kind of tested it to the point that I'm happy it's functional because I. I'm a strong believer in open source that the project's built right. on open source, but I don't want to publish before it's actually fit for purpose, not because I don't want people to have access to the design, but there's nothing worse than picking up a project that turns out to have all of the pitfalls and wrinkles and right. I'm acutely aware that I've kind of been learning p c b design right. is my first real project in that area um and also um surface mount soldering and so. Mm. I'm already on my second revision of the board because the first one I ordered um, with footprints that turned out to be the wrong size for the for the resistor arrays I bought. Yeah. Um, I've been warned away from the really teeny tiny resistor arrays. So I went for a larger size, but it turned out that the sizing is not as straightforward as, uh, as it <laughs> appears. And the sizing names of the footprints in KiCAD didn't match the actual sizes of the components. So I had a set of boards. Um, in, possibly can see on this this one that um I can get it close enough to the camera but where there should be a bunch of resistor arrays there's actually um all of these are resistors mounted on their edges and then there's a crazy kind of stonehenge of resistors on the the top near the near the uh the jumpers there because (laughs) I have to to kind of fit that around the uh the, the kind of footprint which I had when I couldn't get the arrays to fit. So uh, a lot learned. And, uh, yep.
1: Good. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing your continued learnings on that and uh, see you on a future show and tell. Uh, and I have, I think, uh, two other people we're going to go to. So we'll say goodbye to Dr. Footleg. Goodbye. It's been a pleasure. Let's uh, meet up with Curtis here. Hello, Curtis. Uh, I'm not hearing you. Let's see if I can unmute you.
0: That was me. Sorry. There you go. Welcome. Thank you. So what I've built is a Circuit Playground Express uh, thunder and lightning engine for my mom's uh, miniature dollhouses. You can place this outside the dollhouse windows, and it creates um, some thunder and lightning. I did it in Circuit Python. Just do a quick demo. It's a randomized time. And a randomized uh, sound effect from three different sound effects. So it doesn't sound too mechanical and too uh, too robotic. And It's amazing. I'm not much of a programmer, but CircuitPython allowed me to uh, create this with not much trouble at all.
1: That is terrific. And so that's going to go inside of a dollhouse to do the lighting from inside?
0: Yeah, outside her windows or inside a dollhouse, wherever it kind of makes sense to have that flash kind of. That's cool.
1: That's really great. Very nicely done. Uh, Like I said before, we are not shipping things out right now other than COVID-19 related things and PPE. But in the future, when we're shipping again, we'll uh, have you get in touch with us and send you a as seen on show and tell sticker if uh, your mom wants to add that to the dollhouse as a poster or something like that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Great. Very nice build. Thanks for sharing that. We'll uh, hope to see you again sometime. Thank you. All right. And I think we'll uh, be checking in with our last person here. We have Jeff Epler.
7: Hello, Jeff. Hello. It's good to see you, John.
1: Nice to see you, too.
7: So uh, today I'm showing a little thing that I just put together. It is a little three key keyboard made out of Lego. So, uh, Adafruit sells this little guy. You put any um, Arduino-style board in it, and I've wired it inside to three cherry keys that are on a custom-printed 3D Lego plate. And, you know, there's a tree, because why not a tree? And uh, right now, what I have the software doing when I plug it in, it runs with CircuitPython, is uh, this button and this button work as the mouse wheel. And this works as the middle button of the mouse because on my laptop I can't easily access those functions. So I don't know if this is convenient enough to sit by my laptop and actually have me use it, but I'm gonna give it a try for that. And if not, with CircuitPython, I can repurpose it to that's do really cool. something that's, else tomorrow.
1: That's a fun build. So how, how are the keys mounted? Uh, is there a little PCB? Yeah,
7: let me pop that off. Um, Sorry to make you Just give me a up. second here. No, it's no problem at all. So, um, they are directly, whoa, um, mounted to this custom 3D printed Lego piece. So the gray piece is a 3D print that has cut out for three Cherry MX style switches. And then it just mates onto other Lego pieces to go into the final product. And it took me about three or four tries to get the fit right on my 3D printer to fit with Lego. But, um it works, and I would definitely do it again for another new project.
1: Were you playing with the stuff like wall expansion on your sizes? Right,
7: yeah. Um, On Thingiverse, there are some great customizers for making Lego pieces, uh, but you still have to dial it in for your printer. And so in my case, uh, like you can mess with the extrusion width, set that a little uh, lower, and yeah, horizontal expansion and those things. Um, Just give it a couple tries and eventually it'll work.
1: Did you say? Are you printing in ABS? to? Uh,
7: no, this is uh, this is a PLA plus style material. So you know it gets some of those benefits of the other materials. Um, yeah, it it worked. It was just what was loaded and what's easy. So there's not going to be a lot of insertion and removal cycles. I figure it'll probably be okay. That's but really yeah, I might cool. consider ABS if I do have to reprint it in the future. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I've been. Um lurking on the uh, subreddit our mechanical keyboards lately, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that the people there would love to see your creation uh, <laughs> if you dare to post it. <laughs>
7: I'll think about it. I yeah. don't do Reddit much, but yeah. yeah
1: right. Very cool. Thank you so much, Jeff, for stopping by and showing that. I love it's it. It's fun to be on. All right. Uh, I think that is uh, almost all, but uh, Techniac, who was having some technical difficulties, I think, may be back. So let's see if we can...
8: Uh... Uh, hey, you're, can you hear yes, me okay? We, yes, we do. All right. Uh, my camera was causing stream uh, StreamYard to crash, so you're gonna look at my website instead. Um, so I run a group called Hack the Pandemic, which is uh, helping to coordinate a lot of the PPE logistics stuff on the uh, New York Long Island, that area, and we're now expanding up and down the East Coast. But one of the big things we wanted to talk about, and I'll see if I was smart and put a photo actually on our website. Eh, it's not working. Uh, and now my website's crashing. Oh, boy. Is the uh, 3D Verxton shield uh, design that has been circulating in the community for the past couple of days. You can see printing there. Um, we're actually working on a giant injection molding run on it of uh looking at twenty thousand units a week. Um and again, I was gonna show off all of our prototypes, but my camera's not working, so I'll talk about it. Um but our big thing right now is getting that geared up and uh sort of trying to ask the Idafruit community if anybody is uh has either printers that are printing something, which I kind of doubt right now, or has access to industrial size laser cutters or die cutters because uh, the front shield material uh, obviously can't be injection molded. And so we need people who are able to uh, produce that as well as if you happen to know anybody who has a couple hundred pounds of the filament lying around for our two print farms, uh, that helps as well. But I'll put some photos up in the live broadcast chat uh, on Discord with uh, our prototypes. Yeah, and put some
1: links there to the site so people. can yep, definitely. Uh, click on that to to go if anyone can help out. Thank you for doing that. It's really terrific. Yeah, to, anytime. To coordinate that effort. Uh,
8: twenty thousand a week, you said. That's our that's our goal. We're starting with one run of twenty thousand, and then we're we should be able to continue at about twenty thousand a week. That's fantastic. Uh, from there. So.
1: And are you All working going. with a local um, tooling company to
8: to build? Uh, Protolabs. We have a couple contacts of Protolabs who have been helping us with some stuff. Uh, We'd like to start working with a tooling company. So if anybody knows of anyone in the New York City area who is willing to uh, help us out, everybody we reached out to is either already producing or shut down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have the ability to get people essential business paperwork uh, if need be.
1: Curious, when you're injection molding, uh, is there an ideal uh, plastic material for this type of use that you're targeting?
8: There's a whole bunch of different plastics you can do this in. In our case, we're probably going to be doing it in polypropylene because it has the high temperature resistance, uh, meaning that it's able to be autoclaved multiple times. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that we're able to injection mold for like three weeks, and then the hospitals will just have enough stuff for them to be able to start Mm autoclaving and not having to keep producing infinite supply Mm -hmm. uh, to go in. But uh, the only disposable part would be the Petchy front shield component. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're using the Prusa-matched 3D work design. Mm -hmm. uh, So our supplier who already has Prusa shields going is able to do that.
1: I see. Good. Well, good luck in finding uh, some hopefully some people to help with that effort and we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. And, uh, I'll thank everyone who stopped by for this, uh, mini show and tell not so many, we went a good half hour, I think. Uh, and, uh, please, if you have, uh, things to show, stop by next week, we'll be doing another show and tell on Wednesday night and, uh, this one on Thursday after my workshop show. So uh, with that,
0: I'll sign off. Thank you so much and uh, we'll see you next time.